Despite its childish and wildly immature nature, this very special episode of Talking With Dinosaurs is not intended for children. It has blasphemy, sweary words, sexy talk, and bad, bad thoughts. It is strictly for entertainment purposes only, and while care has been taken to keep information as accurate as possible, paleontology is an ever-growing field with new data and theories constantly changing how we see these prehistoric monsters, so we make no guarantees about accuracy. Not that it matters, paleontologists are just making it all up as they go along anyway. Also mum, I'm still very, very sorry. Seriously though, this episode with a guest host is very different to our regular installments of Talking With Dinosaurs. Working with a guest is something I don't have a lot of experience with, but thankfully he is a consummate professional, which I think more than makes up for that. Due to the special nature of this episode, some facts may not be as, um, facty as they usually are, and so you should take anything said with a whole shaker of salt, as opposed to the pinch that you would usually apply to any Talking With Dinosaurs recipe, uh, episode, episode. If anything I say contradicts facts you know to be true, or things I've said before on the podcast, that's because I'm quoting them from my hazy memories, as opposed to the strict research of normal episodes. That being said, it's bound to be a lot of fun, so strap in as we start talking with Talking With Dinosaurs. Alright, and welcome back to a very special episode of Talking With Dinosaurs, which I believe I'm going to call Talking With Dinosaurs With Dinosaurs With Guests. Um, so, I have a very special guest with me, a guest who probably needs no introduction to any listener of mine, since 99% of my listeners are apparently listeners of his, but it's Tim Bat from The Worst of Idea of All Time, and also Till Death Do Us Blart. Hey Tim, how's it going? Hey Stefan, pretty good. How are you? I am terrified to be talking to you, to be honest. Um, you're a big hero of mine, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's an honour to meet you. That's very sweet to say. I'm, um, I'm a deeply unimpressive man if you meet me in real life. <laughs> Diminutive, skinny, malnourished, vitamin deficient, so I'm glad that we can retain this uh, spectre of me being cool. It's like the Wizard of Oz, you know, when Dorothy goes and the wizard's hiding behind a curtain? It's like, yeah. don't look behind the podcast microphone. That's right. You've, you've got an impressive voice, and that's the important thing for this industry. So you should be fine. <laughs> you should be fine. Um, so I actually, I've asked you onto this podcast for a very important reason. Um, I didn't warn you about this in advance, but it is my understanding that you've come up with a very interesting theory to what killed the dinosaurs. I believe you mentioned it in your last episode of the Friend Zone. Something about tables. Is this correct? Um. Yeah. Look, a lot. I'll, I'll be honest, Stefan, a lot of the ideas that we throw around on the Friend Zone and most audio products that I release out into the world, uh, there's a lot of free-flowing ideas in the room, a lot of uh, red team, blue team, you know, just trying to trying to get the, the best and wildest ideas out of there to get a, a strategy formed. I believe the theory from memory, which is hazy despite the fact that the conversation happened about four days ago, um, was centred around... Uh, table man created the tables, and then the tables tables wiped out man, and the dinosaurs were left. I can't even remember, man. That's just the level of nonsense that we talk. It's all of a piece. 
I thought that'd probably be the case. I mostly just did this to put you on your toes, which I, I, I found very funny. So thank you for that. Yeah, so um, I, I've been asked a lot uh, when I tell people I'm a podcaster from New Zealand, do you know Tim Bat? And um, I guess now I can say yes. But um, I did want to ask you a few questions about dinosaurs since that is what the podcast is about. Um, so Tim, what, what draws you to dinosaurs? I'm guessing like all humans, you've had a dinosaur phase at some point. What was your favorite thing about dinosaurs? So I think it's probably related to when I was brought up, which, do the math, uh, late, late 80s. I was going to yeah. say late 70s. I'm not that old. I'm 31. I'll, I'll give the game away. I was born in 1987. I, I, I so, thought you were 150. I, I feel quite quite an unimpressed, uh, quite more impressed with your achievements now. I'm actually, I am 150, but only in podcast years. But ah, in yes. <laughs> human sort of normie years, um, I'm considered 31, 31 Earth years old. And... Growing up, particularly for young boys, like dinosaurs occupied a lot of your brain space. Um, and I hope that this is the case for girls growing up now as well, because it's a, it's a special time. It's a special thing to get excited about. There's um, so much merch for dinosaurs to grab onto. There's bed spreads, there's lunch boxes, there's cultural products. I remember growing up with... Um, dinosaurs the tv show which i i asked you briefly on email about this stefan do you first of all how old are you are we the same age or are you younger than me i'm 27 so i'm slightly younger than you i did miss out on the dinosaurs tv show being in sort of my uh my awareness by a couple of years have you seen it since yeah have you come up against the show i have and it is um it is uh, very 90s first of all not not in a bad way it's a- actually aged surprisingly well um and a lot of the jokes still land which is kind of worrying to be honest uh, <laughs> i haven't revisited it since a kid but in the same way that there's, there's certain things from your childhood that you re-remember and you're like what the fuck <laughs> when you're a kid sorry i don't know if we can swear oh uh, yeah this, no by the fucking way. go I ahead sh- this is uh the world's oh, okay, number cool. one rated not safe for work comedy dinosaur podcast so we're um all good to go oh nice <laughs> fantastic <coughs> well then i will cough on the mic as well just to really prove how much i don't give a shit that's what i like um, to hear <laughs> i haven't watched it now with an adult brain but there's all of these experiences that you have as a kid where you just everything you do as a kid you don't know the rule set of the world and of life yet so you just take everything as like yep i guess this is how it's supposed to be and that is how i took the tv show dinosaurs it's just like yep i guess this is another tv show but in retrospect that thing was fucking crazy like it was a sitcom about a bunch of anthropomorphized dinos who were just living their life and in, in that very quintessentially 90s way they had all these catchphrases like not the mama that's what the, the baby would say I think and then smack the, the dad dinosaur with a pan in the head that was like an, an oft return to goof on the show um, I remember the final episode I'm pretty sure the asteroid comes and wipes them all out that's which right. is crazy because this is a multi-season sitcom where you're really like growing with the characters getting to know them it was very Flintstones-esque I think as well because 
um, from I can't remember the name of the dad figure. Do you know that character's name? Um, it was something very boring. Earl, I'm f- thinking. Yeah, something like that, like a you know, like a Fred, like for the Flintstones, but that equivalent on the show. And he would go to work, and he had like this asshole boss who was a real money grabbing. Yeah, it was anyway. Look, the show was live action, if you can believe <laughs> it. It was guys in puppet suits, and it was just. I mean, what a wild ride. You should try and find some of that on YouTube. So I grew up watching watching that. Obviously, Transformers um, folded in the Dinobots into the into the fold. And I had, I remember one of the only Transformers toys I had was Grimlock, who was a T-Rex. And that was a very sought after and special character to have yes. as a toy. Yes, he was, um, he was one of my f- favorites as well. And I was sort of disappointed that he, when, they, when the time came to, for Beast Wars that came out and dinosaurs, suddenly dinosaurs were a much bigger central part of it, they were always the bad guys. But I just wanted good dinosaurs, just good ones. Why can't we see some positive role models for dinosaurs growing up these days, you know? Oh, you've got Blue, I guess, in the latest Jurassic, Jurassic World movies, but um, it feels kind of... I've always, I love the new Jurassic Worlds because I love anything with dinosaurs, but it's quite disappointing, I feel, that um, ve- velociraptors have been relegated to helpful assistance as opposed to terrifying nightmare in the darkness. Yeah, I have to confess I haven't seen a lot of the new um, Jurassic Park movies, but I liked their sort of um, furious, swarming nature from the original uh, Jurassic Parks. But I just think ultimately there's something... Um, intrinsically awesome about fucking massive deadly lizards ruling the earth for millions of years. Like that's an inescapably cool concept, especially if you're a child. Definitely, definitely. And um, go- going back to what you're saying about um, hopefully girls feeling that same thing. I have a I have a little cousin myself. Um, I'm not actually not sure of her age because I'm a terrible, terrible family member. But um, she she she. she <laughs> I've got like 464,000 cousins, so I think... Right, I can, that can't possibly be true, my friend. I'm actually Honestly. related to everyone in the South Island. It's a little known fact. <laughs> okay. um, well, that's true of most people in the South <laughs> Island, but that speaks more to its lack of genetic diversity <laughs> than the size of its siblings. It, that that is also a fair point but she um she is hoping to be a paleontologist herself um although i really hope she's not listening to this right now because some of the stuff i've said on here yeah we won't get into that um how old is she roughly give me a ballpark i would put her at somewhere between 10 to 14 at a at a, at a guess <laughs> jesus you really don't know okay well 10 to 14 four yeah. year range that's yeah. all right yeah. So um, you're trying to foster this in here? I am. I'm uh I have been for the last year trying to write a um a, a an episode specifically for children to sort of encourage children to 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 stick with the love of dinosaurs and not grow out of it like a normal well-adjusted human being does. I really like everyone else to be like me just sort of trapped in an eternal childhood. Um but it, it turns out it's really hard to write jokes that don't center around dinosaur penises. Um Yeah. I don't don't know what it is, but uh it's really a crutch I need to break away from. Well, that can help you grow as a um, as a writer yep. and as a performer <laughs> and as a, a podcast person, podcast individual, and um, you can bring those young audiences with you. So it'll just be a, a good growth exercise for everyone involved. Absolutely. But I think part of that is that dinosaurs have, I guess there's kind of, there's this depiction of dinosaurs that they're very, masculine i think yeah uh and that kind of raw nature is a very masculine sort of a thing and i think it's quite a a western sort of idea of 
the um, the kind of circle of life, you know, that you get out there and things are eating other things and things are having sex with other things and things are fighting other things. And we attribute that to sort of male behaviour. But um, turns out I've done the research and uh, there's always been females of pretty much all the species that we know on Earth who have participated alongside those things. So we need to get... Um, Get those old world notions out of here. Get some more women into dinos. <clears throat> even even if like even if we were to take these um these notions, let's just take it as rote that it, for no reason in particular, but just for the sake of tradition, that you know like fighting and killing competitors and stuff is very male behaviour, and kind of uh, nursing and rearing young is is very female or feminine behaviour. Fucking guess what, dudes? For dinosaurs to have existed for millions of years, there must have been some real interesting parenting going on, and particularly some real interesting mothering going on, you know? I guess we don't have access to any of that because we sort of can't extrapolate that from the fossil record and the, the evidence we have, but we could guess. We should make a movie about that. There is, I mean, there's definitely some evidence out there of that. I mean, uh, probably the most famous example is the Myosaurus, as discovered by um, Jack Horner, who was one of the lead uh, consulting paleontologists on the Jurassic World film, Jurassic Park films, probably Jurassic World as well, um, and all round bad at everything else with dinosaurs, in my opinion. Uh, hashtag fuck paleontologists. But um, oh. he uh, he discovered the Myosaurus uh, clutching a nest of eggs to uh, protect it from. Uh, I believe there may have been a fossil predator nearby as well, showing that oh dinosaurs are, have always been uh, good parents. There's um, also Of course. How else do you survive as a species, you know, against all those predators? Exactly. And um, as I spoke about on the uh, Aetosaurs episodes, which I didn't just choose because it sounds like my name, uh, they were a sort of a prehistoric crocodile um, that had a hard shell and lived on the land. Um, but Whoa. They, they show that, you know, nurturing behaviour well, possibly existed as far back as 350 million years ago. Because uh, it's, uh, and it's, yeah, what, there's always been a very nurturing part of dinosaurs. It's just that's not the part that's captured a predominantly male-fronted uh, imagination. Stefan, uh, can I ask you a question? Yes. As a, as a dinosaur expert, from one person interested in dinosaurs to a, a, a dinosaur expert. Yeah. Or as I refer to you, a man with a big old boner for dinos. That is probably the best way to describe me, yes. I hear a lot of um, sort of pop psychology types talk about the reptilian brain. Ah. What's what's all that about? So the reptilian brain is pretty much the oldest part of the brain. It's it's what controls our, ne- uh, our, our what we some would call it just our instinctual uh Activity stuff like breathing, stuff like eating, stuff that we've always had to do or we wouldn't have carried on. So the reptilian brain is the most base part of the brain. Um, it also isn't to be confused with the reptiloid columinato, who are the uh, uh, world governing uh, conspiracy who are out to get me for speaking the truth about dinosaurs. That's what are I. Are these the shape shifting lizard people, as yeah. the lay people refer to them? Yes, yes, that's them. Um, I was trapped in one of the uh, as as long term listeners will know. I was trapped in a. Uh, a reptiloid uh, camp for a long time recording on their radio equipment when I could escape. Um, that's what Far I forgot out. to ask. Um, you're yeah. not a member of the reptiloid uh, Columinato, are you? Just to make sure. Do you know what? I want to answer in the negative, but I've got quite an esoteric view about these sorts of concepts whereby I actually think if I was part of that sect or um, 
race. I'm not sure how you want to refer to, to the sort of phenomenon of it. I think there would be something blocking me from revealing it or else it, it wouldn't have sustained as long as it has. Do you know what I mean? Like I, whether it is a, um, almost from a computer sense, like there's a, a locked off encrypted security bit of my brain that won't allow me to access the truth about myself or if there's um, an even more uh, sort of chaos magic aspect to it where the universe will pre- prevent you from hearing and prevent my recording equipment from picking up um, me revealing that I am part of of that conspiracy. So um, whilst in my heart, as well as I know it, I want to say no, I can't, I can't say for sure. Absolutely. How about you? Um, well, I mean, the fact that I survived in one of their camps for so long makes me think that maybe they did somehow plant some Manchurian candidate-esque information in my head. That and the fact yeah. that I can apparently talk about them freely and at will on this podcast without any sort of all hail the Reptiloid Illuminati. There is no Reptiloid Illuminati. So what were we talking about? Uh, um, I don't know. I kind of blacked out for a moment there. Oh, it's It's been known to happen. It's been known to happen. So um, I've actually got a couple of questions from my listeners here for you. Uh, and I was wondering if you'd, you'd like to answer some questions. I always love answering questions. Absolutely. It's my favorite thing to do. Sorry, I'll just... I have a cat here who would like to shut I thought up. there was a baby. <laughs> She's it's like, a, this is some loose parenting. Yeah. She is deaf and she has no idea of what a cat is supposed to sound like. So she oh. just sort of makes noise and hopes for the That's best. So, it's so cute. Um, yes. So I've got some questions for you. Um, they are from my listeners. So be prepared for a bit of a wild ride. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the first one is... If you had to watch any dinosaur movie 52 times, what would it be? Good question. Um, how many dinosaur movies am I aware of? I kind of want to take Jurassic Park off the table if I can, just because yep. I think it's too big a, an enterprise for it to be fun. Absolutely. Can you name any other big dino uh, movies that I might be aware of? Um, you, obviously, the Land Before Time series is probably the most... Uh, it's pro- probably the biggest one that I can think of apart from Jurassic Park. You don't get many dinosaur series yeah. as opposed to just as isolated dinosaur films that don't typically do very well if they're not uh, fronted by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, I think Land Before Time is actually a pretty good candidate. Yeah, um, yeah probably that. Yeah. But, oh, did they ever make a movie of Dink, the little dinosaur? I don't believe they did, but you could... Uh, Pop. No, wait, hold on. What am I thinking of? Not Dink. I'm thinking of Denver. Denver, <laughs> the little dinosaur. He's my friend and a whole lot more. But was he real or was he someone's imaginary friend who sort of took the if, the shape of a dino? If I remember correctly, he was real. I was uh, actually watching the show for the first time recently. Um, someone showed me that and blew my mind, to be honest. It's how. How fucking good is that theme song, though? Uh, it's 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 right up there with Ducktales as like number one uh, cartoon. Truly is, yeah. Although no- you know, this is this is definitely off topic. Yeah. Although I wonder if there's a member of the X Men who has reptilian or dinosaur characteristics. But I recently watched a um, sort of a long form YouTube video from the composer of the X Men theme song, and <laughs> I tell you what, fascinating stuff. 
I imagine it would be. There's a, there's so much that goes into like theme song uh, composition that you just don't really think about. With especially in the '90s, late '80s, when in there was, when it was sort of the golden age of of uh, uh, cartoon theme songs, there was Hell a lot yeah. of work went into them. Absolutely, and you know what the guy said made, made me sad as well. The composer of the theme song for X Men, because it's very iconic. It's got yeah. it's like this heavy metal synth electric guitar and there's just this crazy time just this like there's all these crazy sound effects and this big bell at the end when Magneto comes in anyway he was like these days everyone just wants like a six or a second uh, six or a seven second theme like just a little kind of sting that they can put on. No one is allowed the kind of room to breathe to actually build up a good song anymore. And his was also very unique back in the day for not having any exposition. It was just just music. Anyway, not about dinosaurs. Um, so to answer the question, sorry, short version, probably Land Before Time. If there's a movie of Denver, that. You, you could just possibly... Uh Maybe just watch. Sorry, a- I thought I hit port. I thought I hit mute there, but I didn't. You better edit out some of these disgusting sounds that my body's making because I have a cold. I'm actually going to um, copy them and paste more of them in. Um, Jesus just to- Christ! Make a soundboard of me like <laughs> hacking up my lungs and just sniffing. Absolutely. I, w- I want to really make it sound like you're on your last legs on this one. Just. <laughs> I'm fine with sounding my last legs, but I I am self-diagnosed. I don't know if it's true with um, myosphobia. That. Um, oh yes, yes the. Hate- like an incredible sounds. hatred of sound. There's certain sounds, if I, especially if I'm wearing headphones and I hear someone like chewing or smacking their lips or that kind of noisy wet mouth sound, four sets me off something chronic. So I don't want to be responsible for, for that um, being heard by someone else. Uh, it's I think it's just a podcaster thing. You, you, you spend enough time editing, then all of a sudden you just hear them everywhere. And then they're showing up in real so. life and you just don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> you could be right. All right. Uh, this, okay. So we should probably head on to my next question. Um, so this one is from a longtime contributor to the show, uh, Dino Fuck Me Saurus, uh, which probably leads you to know what this question is going to be about. If you had to have sex with any dinosaur, which dinosaur would you choose? Triceratops. Ooh, good choice. Any particular reason why? Or yes, but I'd rather not talk <laughs> about it if that's okay. Yeah, we're in a safe space, Tim. If you, if there's any way you can talk about this, it's here. Yeah, I understand that, but I, I feel like I've answered the question and you can uh, sort of make your own extrapolation. I have my reasons, but I'd rather not discuss them in a public forum. Absolutely, absolutely. That's all right. I'm sure Chuck Tingle will work it out at some point anyway. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, right, I think... No, all of the other questions just pretty much boil down to which dinosaur would you have sex with, which really says a lot about my listenership. Um, okay, well, yeah. should we do a top five then? Yeah. Triceratops is going to be number one. As it should um, be. Number two, to be honest, I'm not sure on the physical logistics of yeah. this, but it would be the T-Rex because I think there's something to be said for making love to a creature that powerful. Absolutely. It's a real element of danger to it. It's, it's, it's possibly, to, going back to gender stereotypes, probably the most masculine creature of all time. So um, mm. I could, you can, there's certainly a raw sexuality there, sure. Why not? There certainly is. Uh, heading back to what we were talking about before with the Jurassic Park talk, I think raptors, and um, I think it would be a multi-partner scenario where it would be several raptors and me. And I think it is Jurassic Park that's put that idea in my head. So 
um, you know, it's just a good example of the culture shaping our sexual mores, isn't it? Absolutely. And if you, if you want, uh, you could even argue that raptors could potentially be compassionate lovers watching the new Jurassic World film. So, you know, it may even be uh, a lot more involved than some of the other species would be. So that could be interesting. Light a couple candles. <laughs> Get the raptors to maybe make up a little uh, Spotify playlist. Absolutely, some, absolutely. I th- some I imagine- Barry White. <laughs> that is, that's a question I might have to ask myself one day. What dinosaurs? What music would dinosaurs actually listen to? That would be. I mean, this may be a bit of a bonehead <laughs> response, but I I reckon metal. Yeah, I I think they'd be metalheads. Absolutely. I re- I mean, even the smaller ones I think would be would be definitely into sort of the raw power of the uh, of the thundering double bass and uh, yeah. That sort Some of double kicks and like I think kind of grindcore. Yes, like very heavy stuff. Yeah, I think there would be some species that would get into your real niche, dark like black metal and Norwegian <laughs> black metal and yeah. sort of church burning music. Um, and I think there would be some, probably more the herbivores <laughs> who were into um, that sort of experimental jazz. Yep, that's right on the the cusp of a few genres, just because it's really pushing the boat out. But it, you know, it kind of. It almost, it almost reaches into the heavy metal genre, yeah. just with the speed and the the fury of which the instruments are being played. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Brontosaurus is on the list as well. As uh, I mean, no list of any dinosaurs is, of any kind is complete without Brontosaurus, the best dinosaur name of all time. And is Brachiosaurus the one that scientists have recently told us? Was not a dinosaur. Uh, no, that was actually the Brontosaurus. So what happened was they Tits. they uh, it's it's a bit of an up and down with the Brontosaurus, and it was one of the most popular dinosaurs. Um, and then in the 1910s to 1920s, they were like, "Hang on a minute, this is just an Apatiosaurus with the wrong head on it." So they mm. sort of said Brontosaurus doesn't exist. And then um, in the last few years, they're like, "Actually, you know what? Fuck it, it is a dinosaur." Truly the Pluto of the dinosaur world. Absolutely. Um, so I, th- I believe you've got one more on your top five list there. I think I do too, but I can't for the life of me think of another dinosaur I'd want to have sexual intercourse <laughs> with. Um, what is the one that kind of looks like a platypus? Uh, that would probably, I imagine, would be one of the hadrosaurs, sort of uh, the ones that have got the weird crests on their heads, the herbivores. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that would be a, the duckbill dinosaurs. One of those, yeah. just because I reckon they'd be real freaky, and it's important to um, kick the tires on on things and see if you're into it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's what this podcast is really about. Um, that and, I mean, originally it was supposed to be about learning about dinosaurs, but that seems to have gone out the window uh, at about episode one. Uh, I've learned some stuff. Yeah, learned about the reptilian brain. That's right. You yeah. just mentioned the name of the the platypus-looking dinosaur. I have to admit it didn't right go in there. What oh. is it? It starts with an H? Uh, hadrosaurs. It's, uh, there's a whole, hadrosaurs. There's, it's more of a uh, grouping. Family? Like, yeah, like, like like canines or felines or that sort of thing. There's thousands of different hadrosaur species, um, all of them right. with goofy shit on their head. Imagine that. Mm. Now, um, I have uh, have to confess, I've only heard the first episode of this, Stefan, so I haven't um, continued on the track That's of where right. this has gone. Do you kind of pick, like, do you have a favourite dinosaur overall, or is it a constantly moving feast, like having a favourite child? No, well, I mean, everyone knows that there is just one favourite child. That's just a fact. I can, I can say that confidently as an only child. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, my, there is one dinosaur, um, which is 
in my personal opinion, which is the only opinion worth listening to, the correct dinosaur, and that is the Ankylosaurus, um, the uh, big, uh, big club tail sort of fellow. Um, just because it's, I mean, I could give you lots of really good reasons to why it's the best, but what it boils down to is it's the best. It's, it's just a fact. It's got a big, you can't eat it. It's just pretty much indestructible. It can break the bones of anything that tries to attack it. It's not going to... F- really? Yeah, it's... Uh, How? With uh, the tail? Yeah, with the tail. Some of the tail clubs could weigh, you know, uh, 40, to, 40 to 50 kilograms, just this big hunk of bone at the end of a tail. Very easily could break the leg of a giant theropod that was trying to attack it. And um, it would uh, require a lot of work for most uh, for most carnivores to flip it over to try and get to its uh, to sensitive parts, most of which are also armoured. Um, I, have, I have another question. Yes. Which you may have explored That's on a right. previous episode. Yeah, go for it. What do you think the experience would be like if dinosaurs survived and we were still in this kind of um, alpha predator position, apex predator position <laughs> we're in now, but we did find a way to sort of coexist with them. Can you see that? being a thing or do you think that anything that large and threatening it either was going to be us or them there was no way for for man and dinosaur to coexist um well if you want a sort of very smarmy um elitist sort of answer the correct answer is well they did survive they just became birds and we out evolved them uh, <laughs> is that true that, like is that is that sort of a not a pretty accepted fact it, in the scientific community it is a or theory rather it is the scientific consensus at the moment i would say it's not quite as set in stone as uh gravity or tectonic shifting or climate change but um it's definitely uh it's definitely up there um there are few, right. there are a few people out there who disagree with it but um a lot of the new discoveries coming out of china if you look at the the fossils themselves they um if you were to look at them, they're very indistinguishable from the early birds as well. They uh, they very clearly sort of came from the same tree, as it were. So what we're probably looking at is is uh, there were these big old lizards, which we know as dinosaurs, roaming around. Yeah. And then there was, it's still accepted there was a cataclysmic event, like an asteroid yeah, hit. Absolutely. And probably threw up a bunch of dust, Yeah. created an ice age, wiped out a lot of stuff, but in the kind of evolutionary response to that they kind of they got smaller and more agile and eventually evolved into the birds we have now that that, that's pretty that's pretty much it yeah um it it was more that the big ones died out so the only ones that were already small survived um how crazy is it that we didn't get taught that well i didn't get taught that in school like at school when i was a kid we legitimately didn't have that theory yeah. rocking around. It was just, we had dinosaurs and asteroid hit and they died. Yeah. And it's only within my brief lifetime as a 31-year-old in human years person walking this uh, this piece of rock, this third rock from the sun, that we've figured out they're bloody... We were looking at them the whole time. Yeah. Look out the window. Yeah. They're there. I mean, as a New Zealander, I mean, um, you would probably... Um, anyone who's dealt with a, a Kia will... Uh, We'll probably compare them to a velociraptor at some point, maybe a little less vicious towards humans, but certainly with their intelligence and prone to being mischievous. But then how do we know that, you know? It's true. Jurassic Park, they just made (laughs) made it all up. um, I love how much our uh, idea and notion of dinosaurs could quite easily be wrong, right? Like we've got a very strong idea from cultural products about what they were like and what they sounded like and how they moved. 
We don't fucking know, do that, we? That, that's that's a lot of the basis for the podcast, actually, is just sort of paleontologists have some really great guesses based on really good science, but um, they're still just fucking guesses. <laughs> but, but the only thing we know for sure is that uh, Parasaurolophus, one of the hadrosaur dinosaurs, the one with the big dildo-like horn growing out of the back of its head, it definitely could toot. It was a bit of a... Uh, because of the nasal passages, but that's about all we know for sure. Um, uh, especially, I mean, and the, I love that fact though. That's a good one. The, if you were only going to know one thing, yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah, if if you need to convince someone you know about dinosaurs, all you need to say is Parasaurolophus is the tootiest dinosaur, and then you just you're good from there. You walk away yeah. at that point. <laughs> Make keep sure you, the ear of mistaken authority in the room. Yeah. And always drop the microphone at the same time. Keep one on you at all times just to sort of yeah. let go. Make sure it just... Pull it sh- out of your back pocket. <laughs> I carry a Shaw 58 on me at all times just in case. Boom. Um, yeah, that's but that's that's what it comes down to. We know nothing of how dinosaurs acted. We, we make good estimates on what they ate by their teeth. But, I mean, that could still technically be wrong. Maybe T-Rex was a herbivore. I mean, it definitely wasn't. That's ridiculous. But, um, I mean, yeah, there's... Nothing that we that we know is set in stone. Even how they looked, even the ones that we have a very good idea of how they looked, we don't know for sure. We have no idea of how much fatty tissue they had. Have you ever seen one of the drawings where someone's drawn a T-Rex puffed up like a sparrow, covered in feathers? I've not. Oh, that, so is that, a, is that a possibility? It's a possibility. I mean, if you look at the skeleton of modern birds, as I was saying before, they look fairly identical to dinosaurs, except the hand shape is a bit different. Um, where So... If you look at, for example, a uh, uh, wood pigeon, the kariru, uh, one of New Zealand's favourite birds, hashtag kariru bird of the year. Um, if you have a look at its skeleton, it doesn't look any different to, say, the skeleton of a compsonaeus or something like that. Still the same basic shape, still the same basic... Well, the compsonaeus was a wee bit bigger, but um, we don't know how much fatty tissue was on them. We don't know how much fluff they had on them. We don't know how thick their feathers were, anything like that. They could have been perfectly spherical for all we know and just rolled along the ground with a weird bone structure which is how i like to imagine all dinosaurs that henceforth will be how i also imagine all <laughs> dinosaurs just big fat rotund feathered rolling <laughs> critters that that is i'm going to start a petition for a uh, colin trevorrow the person behind the new Jurassic World films that in Jurassic World 3, um, all of the dinosaurs are just gigantic balls of fluff that just roll around and crush people. I think uh, uh, I think that's the way the the, the uh, series should go from here. And whenever anyone asks you why you've depicted dinosaurs that way, just say, you don't know, <laughs> yeah. fuck paleontologists, <laughs> yeah. and then pull out your microphone, drop it, and walk out of the room. That's the way to go. And make sure make sure right after that you tell them also, the reason they died was because of tables. We can we can flesh out the details on that one later. You should um, you should you should put that. I don't think it's worth repeating actually, <laughs> but just for the sake of filling in the blanks of what the hell I was talking about, <laughs> you should stitch that into the end of this episode or something. I, I, I I'm not going to lie. I was genuinely impressed when I heard it. How how close to our recording that came up in in the friend zone again. I was I was I was quite glad that that, that appeared where it did. A lovely bit of ammunition for you to fire at me. I'm so sorry it was a blank based on the fact that I remember fucking 3% of all the things I say no, out loud. No, that, that's all right. I find the same thing with the um, uh, with with this podcast. I quite often go to write an episode on a dinosaur I've already done, and I've only done about 20 dinosaurs or so, so that's not a... <laughs> 
How many dinosaurs are there, Stefan? Well, how many dinosaurs do we know about? Thousands. How many dinosaurs do we know anything useful about? Uh, probably about 20. <laughs> there's, so that's it. The show's done. Yeah, pretty much. Like, um, There's lots of dinosaurs that they make lots of lovely guesses about. Um, but even some of the my favourite dinosaurs that are featured on the podcast are... Uh, uh, Dinochirus is um, probably the the best example, which was known for 50 years simply as two gigantic arms, and that was it. Uh, <laughs> they recently, very recently, found the body to go with those arms, and were like, "Oh yeah, that's what that looked like." But I mean, it, they could be anything. Could be anything. Um, but yeah, uh, we can safely probably assume that you know diversity of life was even bigger back then than it is now because. Well, there weren't people just fucking everything up. But they... Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I would imagine that there was probably millions and millions of kinds of dinosaurs, and we will probably discover a couple thousand of them. I um, I want to believe that dinosaurs kept pets oh. or some sort of rudimentary form of farms. I mean, there's... That, that's, I'm just going to... I don't need any evidence. I just want to believe that, so I'm going to have that picture in my head. Well, although this go, will go against your table theory, I think it's very important to note that my personal theory as to what happened to dinosaurs um, has a lot to do with what we do today. So with humanity, what we do is we find all of our, you know, all of the bodies, dead people, civilizations, that sort of thing. We find the ones that we would uh, normally leave to be fossilized, and then we dig them up and put them in a museum preventing them from becoming fossilized properly so for all we know there were all of these dinosaur societies in the late cretaceous just digging up having dinosaur archaeologists digging up dead dinosaurs hiding their corpses from us not allowing them to become fossilized building a civilization built on fossil fuels creating a huge climate change uh so much so that when an asteroid hit and made it even worse they had no way to recover wiping all of them out and leaving us zero evidence to them ever existing prove them wrong fuckers exactly and that's why prove Stefan wrong that's why it's very important that we get ourselves encased in concrete on our death and bury ourselves Mm -hmm. in a in a sheet of rock that should become uncovered in about say a hundred million years or so just in case concrete Think big, Stefan. Look, as I confessed earlier, I'm no Jurassic Park expert, but the one takeaway I did get is surely we're supposed to entomb ourselves in amber. Yes. I mean amber, yes. sorry. Amber. Yes. No, that, that that could be the way to go. I've just got to find a tree big enough. I don't suppose you've got mm. an agadrisial up there somewhere, somewhere in Auckland, do you? I don't know. I'm looking at some tree. It could be that thing you just said. <laughs> yeah. At the very least, the kauri are quite big. So um, that, that They're around? Do. Yeah. Somewhere. Well, for now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, for now. For now. An ominous note. <laughs> but I think that's all I've got. Uh, we've got time for today there, Tim. Um, thank you so much for appearing on the show. Stefan, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I'm I'm just so glad that you're doing this this podcast. I hope it goes forever. I do too, but realistically, I've probably got about 15 to 20 more dinosaurs, and then we're out of luck. It breaks my heart. Break, break just my- make some up, man. You're a knowledgeable dude. <laughs> no one's going to question it. Well... I mean, shit, that's a good idea. I might cut, it is a good idea. I might cut this I'm part full of, of good ideas, man. <laughs> Tim Bat, ideas, man. That's it. That's it. Thank you very much, Stefan, for having me on the show. No problem. Thank it's you for being here. And um, make sure, of course, you check out, if somehow you haven't already, uh, Tim's uh, podcast, The Worst Idea of All Time. He also features on a podcast with the McElroys called, the, called Till Death Do Us Blood, where I believe you have to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 forever. Is that the case? 
Yeah, that's right. It's the Eternal Podcast. So every American Thanksgiving we watch uh, Paul Blart Moorcock 2. <coughs> Excuse me, the five of us boys. And we also have to name a successor in the event of our death um, who will take the place of our watch and record. So in theory, this podcast, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go for eternity. Well, I look forward to uploading my brain into the uh, singularity and hearing this uh, new episodes in two to three thousand years. Cool. Sounds, <laughs> I was going to say sounds fun. That actually doesn't. That sounds grim as hell. <laughs> but, um, you know, sounds like something. It's Sounds like the future. It certainly sounds like a... Something scary that is coming any day now. Oh, well, thank you very yeah. much, Tim. Right, I. Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.